You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 61. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hello, Yummy Mummies. I am so excited to bring you this episode today because I have a very special client, a former yummy mummy, I guess not former, we're just always yummy mummies. Before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you guys know that applications are open for three more days. So if you are listening to this on the day that it is released, January 11th, applications are open for three more days for the January Yummy Mummy experience. So get in there and apply if you want to lose weight for the last time and be free from food forever. Just go to lauraconley.com and click work with me. So without further ado, welcome Olivia. Olivia Klingler is with us. I'm going to have Olivia do a little intro on who she is, where she lives, her kids, her background. Tell us about you, Olivia. I'm Living in Denver, Colorado, I'm an OBGYN. I have one child, one 11-month-old son, William, mm-hmm. who's the joy of my life. Just amazing. Oh. I did the July Yummy Mummy group and heard Laura on Kelly Levesque's podcast. Yeah. And I think I was about around eight weeks postpartum. Okay. It really resonated with me. At that point, I felt like I was a little too early postpartum to start, you know, working with you directly, but just got so much out of your podcasts and... Uh, Tell us like what resonated specifically. I ended up getting a lot of clients from that podcast and I'm just so curious, like what resonated, what made you start listening to my... I'm assuming you started listening to my podcast because I think... You told me that. Your brutal honesty really was helpful to me. Just Mm. being so honest about the things that we're dealing with in life. And especially as pertains to our thoughts around our bodies and our weight. Yeah. And food. Oh my God. So what, do you remember what I was brutally honest about? (laughs) I definitely remember you talking about trying everything under the sun to feel your best and to look your best from whole 30 to vegan to just the, the whole journey. Um, and putting so much pressure on exercise and all of these things that I could really identify with. Yeah. It's so funny how I like forget now that I'm so my future self, right. That I, now that I've lost weight for the last time. And it's been so long. It's so funny how easy it is to forget who we used to be or who I, it's so funny that I used to even struggle with that, even though it was a struggle for me for literally decades. And I think what you're talking about too, like it's so refreshing when we hear people talk about it and it's like normal because we think that we're like struggling with these things and we're isolated and we're doing it like we're all alone. I think it's so nice. I was just leading a challenge. And somebody had mentioned inside the challenge that she was really ashamed and like scared to even admit that she wanted to lose weight because there's even shame around that. Like, Oh, you shouldn't want to lose weight. You should just love and accept your body. 
as if those things are mutually exclusive. Like you can love and accept your body and lose weight. And in fact, you actually have to begin the process of loving and accepting yourself if you want to lose weight for the last time. So yeah, so at that point you were like eight weeks postpartum and then you ended up signing up in July when you were what, like three months postpartum or what was it? So I was just, I think five months, four, okay. four and a half, five yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved one thing that you had shared with the group and shared with me at some point, which was you can do this. Like you can lose, but you don't have to wait for the quote unquote perfect time because mm-hmm. there's never going to be that perfect time. Right. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I know you were four and a half, five months postpartum and mm-hmm. you were also working full time. I think mm-hmm. you were going back to work. So just tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about your mindset around, no, you know what? I can do this even though I have my busy life. Yeah, absolutely. So At the time, there was a lot happening, adjusting to life with an infant and the toils of still of breastfeeding and going back to work as a full-time OBGYN. Yeah, you were starting a new job and you had just moved. And we had just moved. Yes. We moved at the beginning of the pandemic and then across the country from Tennessee to Colorado for my husband's job. And then right when we moved, COVID started and then I got pregnant and then we moved again and then had my baby. And then right as I was like coming up for air, going back to work, I was like, well, let's do this too. I need to, I need to, I want to learn how to think differently. So at the point that I signed up, I had lost most of the weight from my pregnancy, but your podcast and just the insights that you shared helped me so greatly to just kind of rewire my thinking. I really wanted more of that and I didn't want to wait. There's never a best time. Number one, number two, I just think it's such a beautiful invitation for so many of my listeners. Like you don't have to wait until whatever, until you're three months into your job or until your baby's one or whenever, like you really can do it. I don't recommend you create, you know, 17 goals, but your life is going to be happening. And if you you wait around, you're going to be waiting around forever. So I just love that attitude. So tell me about the mindset stuff. How did you know that the mindset shift was what you needed? I think the things that you were saying just brought so much awareness. Again, like Mm. you being so brutally honest made me so much more aware of the thoughts and the way that I spoke to myself and just having a pretty negative attitude towards my body and you framed it as talking to yourself as you would your child the fact that I had just had my first child and thinking about how I want to be as a parent and then how I want to model that for my child. It just all, the timing of that was really a beautiful thing for me because it it really hit home that how I had been speaking to myself and treating, treating myself and my thoughts allowed me to be very functional as a high efficiency professional, but was not a sustainable thing. Yeah, totally. I think that 
so many of us experience that. Like we're really highly functioning in our jobs, but it's like, is that the goal? If while we're being highly functional, we're beating ourselves up 24 seven. So you said you were speaking to yourself fairly negatively. Like what did that sound like inside your head? I mean, generally just not appreciating my amazing body. Like one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I went into medicine is because of such a fascination Mm -hmm. with how everything works and really Mm -hmm. wanting to understand that on a deeper level and be able to apply that to help other people and to understand it for myself. I mean, it was kind of the beginning of my quest of trying to understand how our body works and how to treat it well. And, And like paradoxically, ironically... It led me down this path of pushing it really, really hard. I think one of the biggest alarm bells for me was I just, I started having these episodes of, of abdominal pain and I was pretty certain that it was stress related, but of course went and did a proper workup and with a physician and thankfully was able to check off the list, the things that would really be detrimental but I was still living with these flares of like pain. It became apparent that the stress and just not resting when I needed to rest and not just taking a break when I needed to take a break, just kind of pushing through those times and having very, very limited recovery. It really just kind of caught up with me. So is that like one of the big differences for you, the way that you speak to yourself and the way that you listen to your body now? Like it sort of seems like before you were kind of ignoring some of the alarm bells, you weren't speaking nicely to yourself. You were pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. And now you speak nicer to yourself and you actually listen to the cues that your body's giving you before they become alarm bells, right? It's like your body probably can just give you a signal and you're like, oh, okay, I can follow through and listen to that and what I need. Yeah, I think I'm just so much more aware. Again, I had like quieted that because some of it was necessity, like getting through training and- Yeah, because if you listen to it, it was gonna get in the way of your productivity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have to listen and be okay with the limitations. Yeah. So I love that you're saying that you speak to yourself differently and you really like that because (laughs) you're going to model that for your son. And I just think that's so important, right? Because we can read all the books and we can like practice how to talk to our kids. But if we're not talking that way to ourselves, Mm -hmm. we won't truly pass down the gift of unconditional self-love and acceptance, right? We will pass down the way we treat ourselves to our kids. So I think that's like the best way to do the work is to do it on yourself. And then it just naturally gets passed down. You don't have to read any more books. You don't have to go to any more workshops. It's just natural. So true. I mean, I think that is something I really underestimated. It's like those old habits die hard with a lot of the the coaching that you provided to all of us. I think that's helped me to be much more onto myself and aware in, in terms of how I treat the people closest to me. So Olivia, you were telling us that you lost a chunk of the baby weight before you actually ended up signing up for the Yummy Mummy, but then you came into the Yummy Mummy experience and you lost some more weight and essentially lost weight for the last time. Tell us what happened in terms of you come into the Yummy Mummy experience 
think you, I don't even remember your stats, but how much weight did you lose inside the yummy mummy experience? And was that baby weight or was that like the weight that you, you know, had to lose that was just like always kind of hanging on? So I gained about 22 pounds with my pregnancy. I don't know that I need to go into all these specifics, but, and then I lost probably like another six pounds or so. Well, I Um, love that example because a lot of people end up signing up for the yummy mummy experience and do just want to lose six pounds. And it's not about the physical weight. Like so many people listening are going to be like, oh my God, six pounds. Like what is even that? But six pounds, it doesn't matter if it's six pounds or 60 pounds because it's the mental weight. It's the way that we treat ourselves. It's, you know, it's the emotional weight. It's the baggage. It's the constant counting or planning or or whatever. I was talking to the current Yummy Mummy experiencers today and we were just laughing because I'm like, what was January 6th, 2021 like? What was January 6th, 2020 like? What was January 6th, 2015 like? And we were all just rolling because we know we would have been wrapped up in this compulsion of what are we going to do? What cleanse are we going to do? What gym are we going to try? We better start counting our macros. We better get an accountability buddy. Like we were just compulsive. And this year it's just like slow and steady and we're just losing weight and it's just very dialed in and there's no hustle or attachy energy. It's just very calm. So I think it's, I actually think it's important to talk about yeah, it was six pounds, but at the end of the MUMI experience, do you feel like you are done with the drama around food and your body? Yeah, I I catch myself. Like I'm aware, I'm honest with mm-hmm. like, no, I don't think that way anymore. Or no, I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's um, not who I, I am anymore. I don't need to do that. And I think I have talked to you before about just kind of my personality of being very exacting and perfectionist type of tendencies and just really embracing that this is a daily practice. Like there is no perfect. It's just allowing yourself to embrace the fact that this is a practice and sometimes it's not going to go just as planned, but you have the tools to come back and not waste so much time wallowing in or obsessing over making a mistake or not doing what you think is best for this overall goal. Yeah. You bring up awareness, which I totally think is what everybody gets out of the yummy mummy experience. But I think the word awareness for some people, it kind of lights them up. And for other people, it's just like boring. I feel like awareness actually doesn't get as much credit as it should, (laughs) but because you're so much more aware, how does it feel? Because you talk more nicely or you talk more kindly to yourself how does that feel in your body? Like, how do you feel now with these tools, having gone through it? What do you think some of the feelings are? More hopeful and more mm. peaceful mm. Um, and less, just less negative. Yeah. And then think- so how does that show up in your life? Like, do people in your life notice? Is it just like a better experience you being with you? What is it like? 
I think it's both. It's been said by quite a few people that it just opens doors to Mm. you having the courage. Like if you're going to be so honest with Mm. yourself that you can then become aware of what's really going on, then you have the courage to address the things that are not going so well, instead of feeling like you're obligated to do certain things that you feel empowered to change those things that you weren't even before aware, Mm. making you unhappy or not really serving the greatest good for you and your family and those that you love. Yeah, totally. I love that. It's all about getting more honest with ourselves. So what were you not being honest with yourself about before the yummy mommy experience, before you really started to dive into this awareness? Well, I think I just was kind of like on a, on a quest to find the thing that was going to like solve this issue of feeling comfortable and at ease and in my body. So I was kind of on this path, but this just took it to a deeper level because it was so simple broken down into the simplest components of addressing your hunger hormones and addressing how you think, which affects your feelings and and therefore your actions and therefore your results. So I think just being able to simplify rather than quieting my thoughts and just boiling it down to the most simplistic factors of, yeah, this is why I don't feel as comfortable as I would like to. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's the model at play. So if you guys haven't listened to the model episodes, go back and listen to those model episodes. Cause that's exactly what Olivia is speaking to. Like once you learn the model, it's like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Now I understand exactly. Well, the model is an awareness tool, right? You can plug anything into one of the five component parts of the model and it's an equation. You can solve, you can solve for anything really. I think a lot of people come to me with so much knowledge, almost too much knowledge, right? I get MDs, I get dietitians, I get nutritionists. It was me too. Like, not that I have a, you know, (laughs) medical degree, but it's like, we all have read so many books. It's not about the knowledge. It's about the integration of the knowledge. It's about bringing everything we know and bringing it into our body and having a really deep understanding. So that's how we show up and live. So I'm curious, like what were some of the things that you tried that just didn't land for you? Yeah, absolutely. First, I just want to make a disclaimer that as an MD, I essentially got no formal training in nutrition. Isn't that crazy though? Like just (laughs) not to bash like the whole entire Western medicine industry, but it is crazy that like medical doctors don't get very much, if at all, nutrition training. Absolutely. It's a real missed opportunity. So many people do go to their doctors seeking advice and our doctors are just not trained. And it's, it's not any fault of the doctors. It's just, it's more so like the, the system and just, you know, maybe the way that we think culturally that like the doctor should have the answers nutritionally and they just don't, that's not the training. That's not what, what a lot of Western medicine is. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that was really important to me to pursue on my own. I feel really disappointed that the system is not set up to be able to address some of those like basic cornerstones of our health. 
anyway, I could get on a real tangent there and I won't. Going back to when I started having those alarm bells go off, the episodes of abdominal pain that were no doubt related to stress and some food intolerances that I think occurred as a result of stress. So at that time, I was reading Gretchen Rubin, which I I love. She's great. I read a number of different books, but the the ones that kind of stand out to me were from her. And then during the pandemic and during some time off that I took during my pregnancy, I read Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. And that really was helpful to me as well. So good. So those were some of the kind of the the background. And I also read Atomic Habits during that time. Oh my Um, God. No wonder you like me. I love those books and I love Gretchen (laughs) Rubin. Wait, so do you know if you're an obliger, a rebel, an upholder or a questioner? This is like a a quiz that Gretchen Rubin has that you can go and find out what your tendency is. I'm definitely an upholder, but I have major questioner tendencies as well. Okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, that's like pretty much on theme with your background as <laughs> physician, I feel like there's probably a lot of obligers too in medicine, obligers, upholders. Well, I guess Indeed. as a scientist, you have to be a questioner. So that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was kind of like some of the groundwork. And then I think just my own personal quest to understand the nutrition. I think the way that you boiled it down was just looking at hunger hormones, which was so so helpful. I think starting with just blood sugar balance and a lot of the stuff that Kelly Levesque puts out there, that was very, very helpful to me and continues to be. And I'm so grateful. I think that integrating how much our glycemic curve affects our overall hunger hormones is just, it's invaluable. It's so important. Yeah. You're totally working against yourself. If your hunger hormones aren't, I mean, it's almost impossible. I mean, I would go as far to say it's impossible to lose weight for the last time. It's not impossible to lose weight, but it's impossible to lose weight for the last time. If your hunger hormones aren't balanced because you're working against yourself and then you're hormonally hungry and it's just, Oh God, it's a freaking endless battle. If your hunger hormones aren't balanced and if they're balanced, it's, it's easy. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I don't even think that that's a stretch of a word when I say easy, but once you get in balance, it's not hard. And I mean, you can speak to this, Olivia, but like most of my clients love their protocols. So I'm curious about that for you. Like, what do you eat? Do you like eating the way that you eat? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. I think the design of being responsible for figuring out what works best for you is so, so important. And it's not something that you're going to like just magically figure out overnight. Yeah, which our diet brains hate, right? Our diet (laughs) brains just want, well, my clients, they just want me to tell them exactly what to do because they promise (laughs) they'll follow through and they promise they'll do it. But they won't. Our brains will rebel against a prescription when it comes to a diet. So you're totally right. You as a client have to have buy-in. You have to have choice. You have to do trial and error. And we don't want to do trial and error. We just want to fix it in 15 days. 
Exactly. Yes. And I think also our bio individuality is really important that what is going to work well, like again, boiling it down to the basics um, that we talked about before, just balancing your hunger hormones, starting with, you know, balancing your blood sugar and then really being aware of the thoughts that you're having are just crucial, crucial. That's the start. But the specifics of one's protocol versus another mm-hmm. person's protocol what is best for one person is not going to be what's best for another person. Yeah. It's one of like the main reasons why diets don't work. Right. Yeah. Yes. What has really worked well for me is just really reducing and eliminating any kind of processed flour and certainly sugar and kind of just trying to emphasize more whole foods and trying to make that as easy as possible. It can be easy and simple if we allow it to be. And it's so easy to make it super complex and overwhelming and just kind of get sucked into the tornado of meal planning and prepping. And even though you're trying to do something that's really healthy, it's constantly thinking about food, which is not healthy and missing out on so many other much more important things that are going on, missing the joy all around you. Yeah, totally. So I know I was just doing like yummy mummy munchy, so to speak, because I don't do any meal prep ever. And I was like, Hey, you guys, here's a yummy mummy munchy. I came down to the kitchen and I needed to eat lunch. So I opened the fridge, put a cut up pepper, a cut up onion, a cut up mushrooms and spinach in a pan with some cheese and some turkey pepperoni and like had lunch. And it was like the greatest, most perfect lunch. It took me like, I don't know, seven minutes to make. I think it's part of our diet brains too. Like want to overcomplicate it so that we end up quitting so that we can just eat the cookie. Right. (laughs) Because that's what our brains want to do. Our brains are literally wired to be so clever so that it can get the cookie so that it can get the hit of dopamine that it is seeking so, so badly. But yeah, I think we don't have to make it as hard as we want to make it. We really can make it so easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think two things that you just said, like having cut up vegetables in the fridge, you can just take these things right out of the bag. It's so, it's so easy. I've been fortunate in that at certain points in my life, I've definitely been the person craving the cookie, but eating too much of good things too, which is not good. It doesn't feel good in in your body. And so having an extra handful or three of nuts would have been more my problem. Oh, I think that's a lot of my clients too. It's overeating the healthy things or just grabbing an extra handful here or there because we're bored or because we deserve a reward or whatever the thing is, or just mindlessly doing it. (laughs) Absolutely. I wasn't even aware. The mindless aspect of it was huge. And then just being aware of like, wait, what am I doing? (laughs) With breastfeeding, I didn't get into intermittent fasting too much because it's not really ideal for breastfeeding, but, you know, having a good 12 hour fast or um, I've read up to 15 hours is okay, but just not something that was important to me. But I think what you're highlighting is like everyone's protocol is different. Like, and it can be different. It could still work. Like literally all my clients, their protocols look different. So, you know, you get a handful of people that have like the same exact protocol, but most of the time, everyone's looks a little bit different because it's for their bio individuality and it's for their lifestyle. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. How it's going to look when at various seasons in your life is, is just not going to be exactly the same. So yeah, I think for me, just really trying to emphasize ease and accessibility Mm -hmm. rather than focusing on perfection and being okay with that, not stressing out, not missing out on the other joy that's around me and definitely enjoying meals, but not putting so much emphasis on that's where the joy comes from. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to enjoy our food. We're humans, right? But if it's the number one thing in your life that you're looking forward to, there may be an opportunity. (laughs) There may be an opportunity to shift to what is really important to you when you look at the big picture where you think about, okay, like I'm on my deathbed, which of course I always love to do, which it's super morbid, but I don't care because it puts it into perspective, right? It's like, you're on your deathbed. You're not going to be filled with joy and fulfillment looking back on your life when all your focus was on your food. If your focus is on your family or on your career or on the book you wrote or whatever the thing is, that's going to feel so much more gratifying, I think, than like your four o'clock snack. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's so important to, even though it's more of a morbid to, to talk about that inevitability because it it does, it puts everything else into proper perspective. Yeah, totally. So what do you feel deprived? I'm curious about that. Do you ever feel deprived eating the way that you eat now? I do not. I do not at all. I think it's just so important to highlight because I think people associate like a food plan or a protocol or a diet or whatever you want to call it with like deprivation and like over restriction. Yeah. I think the, the key again is coming back to those hunger hormones and Mm -hmm. the biggest tool for balancing that is just keeping your blood sugar steady. And there are various ways of doing that, but I think reducing any processed flour and sugar and emphasizing adequate amount of protein at each meal, eating healthy fats and and eating fiber and staying hydrated, like you're definitely not going to feel deprived and it helps you just kind of settle in to like comfort Mm. in your body actually like true comfort versus like having to eat a huge bowl of popcorn for the comfort (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that you're satiated and not thinking about food again until it's you know yeah the next meal or even beyond that at times it's just not at the you just then you know like okay it's time i need to eat something and it's just not a big deal yeah i know I've been using like the metaphor of going to the bathroom. We're not like overthinking the going to the bathroom. We got to pee, we go pee, right? Like it's not this huge deal. That's the way that it should be with eating. Like our body gives us a cue, we answer it, we're done. There's room for like, yeah, let's go out for the birthday dinner and have our favorite creme brulee or have our favorite gnocchi at the Italian restaurant or whatever the thing is, right? There's definitely room for that, but it should be in check. It should be where it should be on the list of things that fill you up or the list of priorities or things of enjoyment. Cause you keep mentioning, and I, I love this. I was missing the joy when I was so focused on food or I was missing the joy when I was like overly meal prepping or whatever. So w- what is the joy that you were missing and that you've now gotten back? Do you feel? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think just being more present with people who I love and who matter the most to me, rather than just being focused on tasks and the next thing that I need to get done, being a little bit more lighthearted and being Um. able to laugh with my husband and just snuggle my baby and not be caught um, up in the rigidity of it. Even if it's just five minutes of sunlight and clearing my mind. Whereas in the past, I think I, I would have been focused on other things, but even if it's a very small thing that's done consistently, it makes mm-hmm. such a difference. It's like, why do we brush our teeth every single day? Yeah. It's just such a small investment of your time and effort. And when we make these small adjustments and we do them consistently, it has a tremendous impact. So, I think consistency is yeah. like awareness. <laughs> it like doesn't get the credit yeah. that it deserves, right? Because yes. you don't get a hit. It's I've been talking about this a lot this week because of the new year. You don't get a big hit from being like, I'm going to meditate for five minutes every day. I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes every day. And that's it for my new year's resolution. 10 minute walk every day. That's all, that's all I'm going to create this year. You don't get a hit inside your brain. It doesn't light your brain up. What lights your brain up is pretending like you're going to do 37 things this year. That's very exciting to your brain, but it doesn't work. What works is what you're talking about is picking one thing for the year and going for it day after day after day, even if it's not perfect, like brushing your teeth. So it's like, I was talking about, I think I might've said it on the podcast, but it's like the reason we brush our teeth is because we don't want our teeth to fall out of our face and we want a beautiful smile and we want it to feel good. We want it to feel nice in there and fresh in there. The best part of that analogy is you, you might forget once every five months or six months to brush your teeth at night, but the next morning you would never not brush your teeth. You would never be like, well, didn't brush my teeth last night. So I guess I'm going to quit. Guess I'm not going to brush my teeth anymore. That was, I'm a failure. I can't believe it. I suck. I'm not going to brush my teeth ever again. You just keep brushing your teeth. It's the same with any goal. You just go for the walk, even though you didn't go yesterday. It's not a reason to quit. Yeah. So good. And it's like four minutes. Are you willing to dedicate four minutes of your life every day? If that means that you are free from food and you get to enjoy the small things and you get the mental space and you've lost weight for the last time and all the things that we've been talking about, like it's four minutes. Yes. You have to invest maybe three or six months of like some reconstructive surgery inside your mouth (laughs) or the yummy mummy experience. And then after that, it's four minutes a day. That's it. You're done and you're done with the intense part, but then it becomes this practice. Is there still some resistance on some days? Yeah. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. I really like sitting down and spending four minutes to journal and just make sure that I'm still on the right track and make sure I'm doing what I want to be doing when it comes to my health and well-being and self-care. So what happens with you? Like when you feel resistance or when you notice some resistance come up, like how do you handle it? I have really benefited from your recommendation to come at it with curiosity. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. And Hmm. being a little bit more lighthearted about it instead of like, I shouldn't feel this way or I should be able to just do this. Instead, just kind of ask myself, hmm, I wonder why there's this resistance. And like, well, that seems pretty understandable that like changing your habits is going to feel a little uncomfortable and it's totally okay. Yeah. 
I love that. Is there any other things that you want to tell them about your experience or about your experience inside the Yummy Mummy experience? I think the experience is a lot more profound than you let on. Like you talk about reflecting on your life at the end of your life with the inevitability of each of our individual mortality, like being able to face that and apply it right now of. Yeah. I think so many of us are, are in the place where we think we should be able to do it on our own. And I think maybe you mentioned that's kind of how you were like with this, like I should be able to figure this out. I should be able to do this on my own. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally through my education and training, it was really just a learned thing to be as self-sufficient as possible. And generally like in training, like when you ask someone for help, um, it's a sign of weakness um, rather than an opportunity for growth and becoming something better. And thankfully I think things are changing in, (laughs) in medical training, but when you're spending so much time in this arena, it bleeds into other aspects of your life. And so I think some of the aspects of moving across the country and kind of uprooting a bit and then being in the isolation of pandemic and some of the sickness of pregnancy, um, I think that highlights how much we need community Mm. and how much we can help one another. I was so touched by the courage of so many of the women who just shared their struggles and their insights, even though it's virtual through Zoom, there's a great deal of connection and that meant a lot to me. Why did that mean a lot to you? Like, how did it make you feel? I think just being aware that you're not alone and that many people are going through various versions of the same struggle that you're going through. And I think just being able to share support for the struggles that all of us face and especially mothers and working mothers, I think it's really profound and helpful. Yeah, totally. I feel like that it's really disarming and it allows authenticity, which is again, so needed. So, okay. Bring us home, Olivia. Tell us in just a few words, who was Olivia? How did Olivia feel before? And who is Olivia and how does Olivia feel after going through the yummy mummy experience after this transformation? And I know for you, which I think is so cool. And I think actually it's, it's everyone who's on this kind of quest. It wasn't just the yummy mummy experience, like, right. You were reading other books, you were doing other things, but just in terms of your transformation, what was it like for before you? And what is it like for you after? And of course we're, we're never done growing, but speak to that a little bit, if you will. I think before I was, you know, feeling a little bit lost in a way and a little broken down and overcomplicating things. Even just listening to your coaching through your podcast was really beneficial to me. I still had a ways to go. And as you said, I still do. But well, we um, all do. We're never done until like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I 
would say until we die, but I don't know who knows. That's a whole nother philosophical conversation, but no, we're never done. And it would be so boring if we were done, you know? Yes. And I think now I have really let go of perfect and I'm making progress with just trying to simplify Mm. what can look pretty complicated Yeah, (laughs) and choosing a more simple approach and feeling, you know, more honest and more courageous. Mm. I love that. So good. All right, you guys go to lauraconley.com. If you want to apply for the yummy mummy experience, Olivia from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience. It's so helpful to so many people. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. You're welcome. All right, you guys have the best day ever. Hey, If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.